Welcome to episode 23 of the Principal Liner Notes podcast. This podcast explores the intersection where passions meet, meld, and inspire. In this case, we discover that synergy within the lessons learned from music and education. Pretend that this podcast is like the back of an album cover you have just purchased and you are reading a set of liner notes. In case you're wondering, liner notes are meant to serve as a written companion to the vinyl album. They were either banal or insipid in execution. It was evident that the author barely listened to the album. Nothing was revealed about the music in this type of liner notes. I prefer the other type of liner notes that attempt to capture the essence of the music. The words written bordered on poetry or read like a Jackson Pollock painting. In this case of the podcast, these are digital liner notes. I hope not to stray too far in the banal and insipid category while you listen. My name is Sean Gaylord, and I am an elementary school principal. I am the author of The Pepper Effect. That book explores my passions for the Beatles and the schoolhouse. Welcome. This episode is entitled Beat Support. We will travel back in time to the summer of 1966 amidst the mania and mayhem of the Beatles' final tour. Put yourself in the Beatle boots of drummer Ringo Starr for a few moments and indulge with me. You are perched on the drum riser amidst a gargantuan decibel of screams. Fans are chanting your name in a wild, blurred frenzy. It's Beatlemania. This isn't the joyful Beatlemania captured in the film A Hard Day's Night. Rather, you are frustrated at the fact that possibly this string of concerts just may be an excuse for thousands to go mad. You are frustrated that fans cannot hear you amidst the screams. You may even be more frustrated that you cannot hear your bandmates. The backs of John, Paul, and George are to you, and you are doing your best to look for visual cues just so you can keep up on the drums. This is so frustrating because your job as Ringo is to keep the time. Heck, you are the beat in the Beatles. You reach the sixth song in the set list. You have pretty much memorized the entire set list and you know all of the cues. It's automatic. It's time to wait for the feedback cue from John Lennon that will signal the time for the 1964 hit, I Feel Fine. As a drummer, it's a fun song to play because of the groovy, Latin-tinged beat that is peppered throughout the song. On stage, it may feel like a nightmare to play a complex rhythm amidst chaotic adulation in a large, wide, open space. And scene. We will explore how a subtle move 
during a live performance of I Feel Fine is a masterclass in the art of collaboration and trust. Thanks for tuning in to the Principal Liner Notes podcast. And again, welcome. All roads lead to a record store visit with you. Glad you could make it. We are gearing up for the promise of a new school year. Back to school is in full swing as the adverts promote shiny school supplies and new wardrobe additions. I love this time of year. In fact, I always have. It's the rush of good back to school memories that I dig the most. Mom taking me to Sears for a new pair of tough skins the free comic that was hidden in the box of Buster Brown shoes, hungrily gazing at the tin lunchboxes, wondering if I was going to carry into the cafeteria the $6 million man or super friends. We are strolling down the aisles of our favorite record store, reminiscing through our early back-to-school memories and debating between the merits of the Trapper Keeper versus the Data Center. Am I showing my age yet again in this riff for you? All roads not only lead to the record store, but they also lead to the Beatles. I Feel Fine is a perfect upbeat song for any back-to-school memory. This fall 1964 hit by the Fab Four may also serve as the soundtrack for many students of that time period, and I certainly hope that song ignites good memories. The song for me marks the beginning of a revolution. This is the Beatles pushing sound a little more deeply into the innovative scene. Innovative scene, by the way, is a nod to my WCUA radio days with actor and musician Chris Fisher. We had a show called Cosmic Raga to the innovative scene, but that's another story for another time. I Feel Fine begins with what many consider to be the first recorded evidence of guitar feedback. Mind you, this is before Jimi Hendrix and Jimmy Page. This was a happy accident in the studio that the band intentionally recreated for the recording in the studio. There is so much going on in this gem of a song. What stands out for me is Ringo Starr's aforementioned Latin-tinged drumming, coupled with the sublime jingle-jangle guitar playing of George Harrison and John Lennon. It's a tight performance by a band, and it justifiably stands as an iconic fixture on various Beatle compilations such as One or The Red Album. Let's give I Feel Fine a listen. If you are on the Anchor app, then you get to hear the song in its entirety. If you're listening on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, then I suggest you pause this podcast, seek out I Feel Fine for your own listening enjoyment.
In the previous segment, I highlighted the contributions of Ringo, George, and John. I didn't forget Paul. His contribution to the song is brilliant and supportive on I Feel Fine. Supportive. Let's just take a quick pause and marinate on the essence and meaning of that word. And we're going to connect it to the Beatles. Before we flash forward to a live performance of I Feel Fine, I want to explore a question that I get asked quite a bit. Who's your favorite Beatle comes across my radar in conversation when folks learn that I am an unabashed fan and also the author of a book based on the Beatles. For many years, I would struggle with my response. This is so because I don't have a favorite Beatle. I love the band, and I love this band for so many reasons. To me, the Beatles were more than a band. They were a musical brotherhood rooted in love, support, creativity, and collaboration. For me, this is felt in such a visceral way during a specific 1966 live performance of I Feel Fine. You can find this performance on YouTube and it's worth the price of admission. The Beatles, at this time in their career, are getting ready to head into a maelstrom of their controversial 1966 world tour which would later be marred by death threats, an unintentional snub of President Ferdinand Marcos and First Lady Imelda Marcos of the Philippines, John Lennon's were more popular than Jesus' remark, and all of it concluding with the Beatles' finale at San Francisco's Candlestick Park. This would prove to be their last concert before their final public performance on the rooftop of London in 1969. In the live performance of I Feel Fine that I'm referring to, one sees the Beatles in their fab splendor, polished Beatle boots, double-breasted suits, and an eased confidence that is light years away from their past Hamburg, Germany bar band days. During the song, George and John each take a guitar solo that propels the song to a climactic drum break by Ringo. It's a swift and efficient moment that leads into the concluding part of the song. No one in the band can afford to blank or amble off the freight train of the groove that anchors this song. Now remember, it's live. We are talking Beatlemania here. This just isn't your ordinary live performance. There are screams, fans, Chaos, flying jelly beans. Also keep in mind that it's 1966. There are no monitors on stage, so the band truly cannot hear themselves play. There is no sound engineer sitting at a mixing board making sure the balances are just right. This is simply a band locked in a groove of trust, collaboration, and awareness of each other. George adds his lead guitar aria, followed by John's rhythm guitar, Hosanna. Now it's time for Ringo's pivotal drum break. It has to be timed perfectly, just like the song. The Beatles are giving their professional all. They want to make sure that their fans have gotten their money's worth. 
The band has to lean on each other. Again, trust and support are pivotal for the band. Seconds before that famous drum break during the guitar solos, Paul steps back and then he starts slapping his bass and beat. He then raises his left hand as if he's conducting the band. It's not so. He's actually preparing Ringo for the drum break. You can see the two lock eyes and nod together to cue in the drums. It is a subtle and beautiful moment, and it's just another reason why I love this band. They were truly a band, a band that had its roots in collaboration, a band that showed tremendous support for each other, even in the most subtle moments of a cue for a drum break. This is why the Beatles are so great and timeless for me. As we embark upon another school year, consider your band. I'm not referencing music here. Rather, think about the colleagues with whom you encounter and connect with daily as your band. In some cases, this may be a new band of folks in your schoolhouse or organization. May even be the same folks with whom you've been working with for a bit of time. I like to play with language and organizations and shift the paradigms. I do this especially with the concept of a schoolhouse faculty. Oftentimes, I refer to the faculty I serve as the band I get to play with in service and support of our kids. Consider these individuals in your schoolhouse and organization your band. A band denotes collaboration, trust, kinship, and a shared vision. All of those are values that make any organization or schoolhouse great. Does the sound you create together an inspiring one like the Beatles? How do you cue each other in so that your colleague shines like Ringo did during his joyful drum break on I Feel Fine? It's important that we lean on each other and do our best to provide positive cues to encourage our bandmates to demonstrate their gifts. This can take on many forms and permutations. Maybe it's a leading question to spark the gift of another colleague. Perhaps you can post something on Twitter or Instagram where the positive contributions of a colleague are highlighted. Check out the hashtag founded by the inspiring school leader out of Arkansas, Bethany Hill. The hashtag is called Joyful Leaders. And Joyful Leaders basically is the giving and receiving of shout-outs of various educators all over the world. In Kentucky, there is a great organization known as KY Scent. Scent stands for Supporting and Elevating New Teachers. KY Scent spotlights on Twitter many positive things stemming from beginning teachers. That particular feed is partly run by a bandmate of mine named Amelia Brown. 
Amelia is an amazing instructional coach with the Northern Kentucky Cooperative for Educational Services. The KY Sent Twitter feed has started to do weekly spotlights of new teachers called the Sparkler of the Week. What a great way to trend the positive and provide a positive and inviting cue for a colleague, and in this case, a beginning teacher. Jeff Howard, an old friend of mine and a dynamic principal of Mullen High School in Denver, Colorado, spotlights the positive things happening in his schoolhouse, not just for his faculty bandmates, but also for the students and the community he serves. There are many great principals and educators who do this on a weekly and daily, and in some cases, hourly basis. A real simple way is to provide that positive cue in person or in a handwritten note. As we begin the school year, consider your faculty or professional colleagues as all being members of the band with you. Everyone is invited to play. Everyone is invited to shine. A great band like the Beatles fosters a spirit of collaboration and trust by being present in the moment and in tune with the gifts of each other. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening to the Principal Liner Notes podcast. I truly appreciate you listening, and I am grateful for you taking the time to tune in. Thanks to the Sky Dogs for inspiration behind the closing musical theme of this podcast. The song is called Another Groovy Day 3.0, and yours truly composed and performed on it. I also have to give credit to my youngest daughter for coming up with the title of that song. You can follow me on Twitter at SMGaylord. If you are listening on any podcast platform and you enjoyed this episode, then a review would surely be appreciated. Also, please subscribe to this podcast on Apple as your support there is greatly appreciated. You are also welcome to leave feedback via recorded message on Anchor, or you can simply send me a direct message via Twitter. The Principal Liner Notes podcast is a proud member of the latest Music Vibes podcast network. Thanks to DC Hendricks for the invitation to join this podcast network. Be sure to follow that network on Twitter at Latest Vibes. Thanks to Nicole Michael of 910 Public Relations for fab and fruitful promotion. This is Sean Gaylord, and this is the Principal Liner Notes podcast signing off for now. Don't forget to share your passions and dreams. Our world needs them from you. Remember to provide a positive cue for your bandmates to share their gifts. Catch you on the flip side. I will see you at the next episode. Coming up on the next episode of the Principal Liner Notes podcast. Did you know that The Doors carried on as a band without Jim Morrison? In the aftermath of Jim Morrison's untimely death in 1971, his bandmates, John Densmore, Robbie Krieger, 
and Ray Manzarek stay together for three more years and record two more albums. This was a bit of a daunting challenge for a band without their iconic lead singer. We will explore how collaboration can also be an act of courage and specifically look at the album Other Voices by The Doors, which stands for me as an iconic example of musical courage. Stay tuned for episode 24 of the Principal Liner Notes podcast.